Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Something I'm going to lean into a bit more this year is financial freedom. As a lot of our stress can be tied to our financial situation, and for some of us, and maybe even most of us, this is under our control either with our spending habits or making wise investments. And I'm here with growth expert, Clint Murphy, who's the host of the Growth Guide podcast. And he achieved financial freedom before 40 with three steps that he says anyone can take, earn more, spend less, and invest the rest. And today we'll discuss how to combine professional skills into rare lucrative skill sets to increase your income. You're gonna learn how to reduce expenses without sacrificing enjoyment and explore easy set it and forget it investing so you can let compound interest work its magic this is an awesome conversation with straight talk on simple wealth building for real people so let's dig right in let's lean in and learn from the best i want to talk about how you achieved financial freedom before the age of 40. i saw that reading and studying about you I'm curious, you know, I'm 43. Was it a stroke of luck or was this a plan? Yeah. And financial freedom is always a hard one because it's sure if I liquidated everything I have, I moved to the Panama or Nicaragua, I'd be fine. I don't need to work. I live in a pretty high cost of living city, so I still need to work. So it's, you know, what is financial freedom? And that depends on your circumstances, where you live cost of living, your family situation. So so I still have a job. I still have a certain amount of money I want coming in a year in order to not need to work. That would take a while. That said, I've got a plan in place to make that a reality, Eric, over, over the next couple of years. I'm 45 this year. So a plan in place for that. To a certain extent, 100%, there's luck involved. Even with the current plan that has generated a lot of uh, gains over the last year, there's a certain amount of luck involved. There's also conviction and a thesis. And so that tends to be what I do is I will have a thesis. I believe something's going to happen. And I take very convicted positions in that. And you might call it bets and go strong in it. So take a simple example. You rewind a decade ago. This was the start of it all. A little over a decade ago, 12 years ago. 2011, I'm going to say, we had just had the Olympics in Vancouver. People saw how beautiful it was. And all of a sudden we're winning, you know, number one place in the world to live. And people are like, wow, like I want to move there. That looks beautiful. Great weather, great water, great air, etc." And there was where they housed all the athletes was an area just outside of downtown called Olympic Village. And at the time, you can go back and read newspaper articles that referred to it as the ghost village. No one will ever want to live here. The units that the athletes stayed in, they were discounting them heavily. And then a developer launched a project right adjacent to Olympic Village. So if you live in that project, they would still, people still call it Olympic Village. And blowout prices, Eric. And I remember saying to my wife, we lived in the Burbs, and I said, hey, we've always said we want to get back into Vancouver. This is our opportunity. Like, we have to buy at this site. 
And so we reached out to a realtor who was friends with a colleague of hers. And he had like the insider track with the developer. And so we went and looked at units. And unfortunately, the unit we wanted fully sold out. The developer had taken two of those units for people that worked there. And my wife was pregnant and she's like, look, like I'm not buying one of the smaller ones. We've already got a home. I'm not going to stretch financially to buy one of the smaller ones just because you think it's a good investment. So we're out. And I thought, oh my God, this would have been the best investment of our lives. But sure, you're pregnant. I'm not going to push this. You fast forward two or three months and the relationship we built with that realtor, he phones us and he says, one of the people that was going to close on that decided they don't want it. It's going back for sale. Do you guys want it? Mm-hmm. I've pushed with the developer. You're first in line. I need a bank draft by noon. That sucks. <laughs> right? But we did it. So the luck, the luck was that phone call. Somehow the realtor we reached out to was like college or high school friends with her colleague that, you know, two internal auditors at the company she was at, and it was her and this person. And that person was his friend. So he fought for us. That guy has now been my realtor for over a decade, buying and selling homes. Like he's going to sell our home for us in April, May. But that started our road to financial success. We bought that home for about 750000 We eventually sold it three years later, four years later for $1.6 So that was the trajectory. And then what we were able to do, Eric, was along the way, I always believe in real estate long-term. It's the easiest, slow, challenging way to get rich over time. So it's similar to you're falling out of the boat and getting stronger. Like That's just what real estate is. You will get wealthy in the fullness of time, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. So if you're not in a rush, which unfortunately too many people are when it comes to money, uh, you will get wealthy through real estate. And so I've been working in real estate for the last 13 years, 14 years. And one of the things I learned is to buy in the path of progress, Eric. So the path of progress being, let's call it gentrification. So where is it good today, but it'll be great tomorrow. That's one thing. Number two, you buy when there's blood in the streets. So what that means is, hey, the market in Texas is in a dip. Prices are down. No one's buying. Interest rates are too high. Guess what? That's when you need that's when you need to buy. And so the big thing for us was in 2019, we were in a downturn here in Vancouver. I bought four townhouses. And so they were pre-sale. So I wasn't closing till 21, 22. Then COVID happened. So I had four townhouses in the burbs under contract. COVID happened. Everyone wanted to move out of the cities, right? They all wanted to go into the burbs, be closer to family bigger homes. And so all four of those townhouses that we bought went up in value extremely fast, which was nice. So by the time we closed, we had probably a quarter million in equity in each of those homes, Eric. And along the way, we'd also bought more real estate. So we're sitting on probably nine to 10 homes owned or under contract at the moment. And so that's been my path to wealth is just socking away all my money into real estate. So people would say like, oh, you don't like, what do you have in your IRA? And I might say, well, nothing. 
what do you have in your, your this? And I'm like, well, nothing. And they're like, well, why aren't you taking advantage of these programs? Well, because all my money's in real estate. Like that's, yeah, that's where it is. So how do you duplicate yeah. this for other people? Is this what you teach them to do is through real estate? I don't like to tell them where specifically to invest. I like to share the simple philosophy that you want to do to become financially independent. And I ignored the biggest part of it is I make a lot of money. So you go to number one, Eric, earn more, spend less, invest the rest. I don't want to tell people how to invest because I don't want them coming back and saying, well, you told me to invest in real estate and I bought a duplex and I lost everything. Well, no, I'm going to tell you earn more. And how do you earn more? You are what earns money. So how you earn more is you better yourself. You increase the value that somebody is willing to pay you. So you listen to Eric's podcast. You listen to my podcast. You read newsletters. You read books. You take courses. You do things to increase your skill set. And Eric, what I really like to focus on for people is to increase their rare skills. And so for those who are listening, you'll often hear people tell you to focus on in-demand jobs. The problem with in-demand is once enough people fill that demand, the value drops. And so what pays a lot today won't pay a lot tomorrow. What you want is you want to be in demand. And the way you do that is you pick up rare skills. And so what a rare skill is, is generally the combination of different skill sets in a way that isn't commonly seen. And so, for example, Eric, you and I are talking right now. I've become a reasonable public speaker over time. I've become a a social media content creator and writer. Eric, I'm an accountant. (laughs) Like, like I'm in as quantifiable a field other than, you know, like mechanical engineering. Like, I'm a quant, but I've worked on public speaking. I've worked on writing. I've worked on every form of communication. Because when I can combine my financial quant skills with these skills, there's very few people that are combining those. Yeah. And that can then talk about it. So when our listeners do that for themselves, they're going to get paid more. Number two is we just spend less. What do I need versus what do I want? We reduce the wants, focus on the needs. I'm never going to advocate for a Spartan, super lean lifestyle like a lot of people in the financial independence movement do, Eric, because I want to enjoy my life. And so that requires a certain amount of spending. But it can be less than most of us do. We waste money. And so we waste less. And now we have money to invest. And for the average listener, the best thing they can do is to take that excess. So we've taught they're working on earning more, whether that's a second job, it's a side hustle, it's increasing their earnings in their current job, it's asking for the raise, they're earning more money. They're spending less because they've cut out the wants, they've reduced them down so they're more focused on the needs and living the lifestyle they enjoy at the level they enjoy it. So they're saving the raises, they're not inflating their lifestyle. Whatever's left over, they should be investing in ETFs. Very, very simple investments that over time will beat mutual funds and will beat investment managers because you don't lose the fees. So basically, keep the investing as simple as possible. 
I invest in real estate. I also invest in Bitcoin adjacent products because that's the skill set that I've developed over the last 14 years. But for the listener who's not in real estate, unless they want to devote the time and effort required to learn, reading books, studying, taking courses, unless they want to do that, I wouldn't actually advocate real estate. I would say, hey, if you don't want to put the time in to learn what you're going to invest in, just put your money in ETFs and let compounding and time do the work, Eric. And they will get wealthy in the fullness of time, especially if they work on those first two. Earn more, spend less, and then simply invest. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you learned something today that you think would be useful for a friend, do me a favor, take a picture of the podcast art and share this with somebody, text it to them, send it to them in a DM. You never know the impact that it may have on their life. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.